Welcome to Career Caffeine, the weekly podcast for women who feel stuck, burned out, overwhelmed, or just need a little boost of inspiration in their careers. I'm your host, Angela. I'm a professional career mindset coach, corporate dropout, and dog lover. Every Wednesday, I'll invite you to grab a cup of coffee or your favorite bevy of choice and listen in where I'll share a little career wisdom, inspiration, advice, and real talk from my own career experiences as a district manager in retail for more than 20 years. And also as a career mindset coach, I work with women just like you who are on the hamster wheel and are looking for a change. I'll have some topics that are just like the coffee chats that you have with your work bestie when you need somebody to talk to. And I'll have occasional guests who will also share some tips, stories of inspiration, advice, and strategies to help you to get unstuck so that you can begin to move forward with your goals, dreams, and career aspirations. If you're interested in learning more about coaching and how I might be able to help you to achieve your career goals, check out my website at AngelaKnightCoaching.com or drop me an email at Angela at AngelaKnightCoaching.com and follow me here for free at the Career Caffeine Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere your favorite podcasts are found. Welcome to episode number 14, Ditch Financial Anxiety and Build Your Wealth. I am so lucky to be here today with Meg Tricano, and she is the founder of Refi Your Mind. So Meg, welcome, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. You guys, I am so excited to have Meg on because when I talk to women who are planning on a career transition, one of the things that has kept them stuck and hesitating to make a change is those golden handcuffs, right? And so not having the financial security or the comfort or the fear of the unknown for taking a leap and maybe making a career transition that could require a financial change. In some cases, you can make a career change with a financial increase or a salary increase and, you know, and sometimes not. Um, so I am so excited to have Meg on here to be able to share with all of us some you know great tips and best practices today. But first, Meg, if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing a little bit about your career journey and how you got into coaching. Absolutely. Um, I always find that coaches have the most interesting sort of backstories. I don't know about you, but um yeah, so I came to coaching uh, sort of circuitously, as as many of us do. Um, I earned a PhD in psychology, and I specialized in human motivation. And after I graduated, I kind of didn't take the academic track. That's that's sort of um, something that a lot of people do. But I decided to sort of go into the workforce. And so, over the last eight to ten years. Um, I was an education researcher, specifically uh, education policy. So I'm in the Washington, D.C. area. Um, But when I graduated with my Ph.D., I moved to this extremely expensive area of the country to live. And I sort of found myself at odds with how much money I made. Right. Like I had a lot of financial obligations were starting to come back around. So 
Uh, for those of you that don't know, if you, uh, you know, go for a PhD, oftentimes your student loans will be deferred, right? Um, so those kind of came due. So I found myself sort of at, at odd ends with my own finances, but, you know, I, I slowly started to educate myself and, and get better um, at dealing with my own finances. And around that same time, I transitioned to um, a wonderful job. I, I actually loved it. And I loved the women that I worked with in particular. And as you know, I'm, I'm doing this nine to five job education policy. Um, it's, it, I don't know, it's an evaluation type job. It's not super glamorous, but it's very important. Um, I would find myself having conversations with what I like to call my work wives. They're kind of, you know, my colleagues that I'm super close with. And we talk about a lot of things. And I, I realized that I was talking to them about money a lot. And I, more specifically, I was talking to them about how they could work through some of their money beliefs and money thoughts. And, you know, some of them, I helped set them up with a budget and some of them I would talk through how to talk with their spouse about their money, that kind of thing. And so I was doing this kind of on the side, sort of in my personal life. And I realized as I was sort of taking stock of where I was in my career, that I loved it. I absolutely loved talking to women about their money and how to sort of get them set on their, their best life track um, using money as the lens. And so I built a side hustle. Um, a lot of people start this way in, in the coaching business. And um, that's how Refi Your Mind was born. I sort of created a side hustle. And I did that for about a year, I think, before I decided to transition full-time to it. And, you know, I know a lot of your listeners, um, they are about to embark on some career transitions. And so, um, you know, I, I think the advice I might have for them, not only on the financial side, but on the sort of um, spiritual and readiness side as well is to, you know, really home in on what gives you energy and what lights you up. I know, I would work, you know, 10, 11 hour days pretty regularly at my nine to five job. And then I would just be totally exhausted, right? That's, that's an unsustainable clip at which to work in any, in any job. Um, but then I would, I would, you know, set up sessions with my clients through refi and I would have these amazing sessions with my clients and I would be at, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night and I would just be jazzed and totally energized by this conversation that I just had. So I knew it was right and I knew it was the right thing for me. And when I decided that I wanted to transition to full time to doing and growing my own business, um, it was just a matter of systematically sitting down and saying, okay, let's say I want to leave October 15th. I'm going to have to save up six months of expenses to make sure that I kind of have my bases covered. And so I would work backwards and I would, you know, I'm, I was in a um, full disclosure, full, uh, fortunate situation with my husband's income that we could make it work with just one income for a little while. So I saved my paychecks for about six to eight months so that I would have that cushion. Um, and I think that's a good strategy, either, you know, whether you can contribute an entire paycheck to it or whether you can contribute only a small amount. Um, but I would say that that is kind of what made it feel feasible for me to make that transition. And so 
I made that transition last fall and I, I said goodbye to my first career and now I'm, I'm doing refi full time. So. Well, congratulations on that, Meg. That is fantastic. And it sounds like you you had, yeah, just a really disciplined approach about it. And sometimes it's easier said than done, right? When you're planning to have a six month savings or a, or a nest egg Mm -hmm. and to put that away, um, you know, each week and to, and to really plan and prepare for that so that you can, regardless of whether you're changing careers or not, you never know when you're going to need some emergency funds. And I think it's, you know, it's so important. And I think for women um, and, you know, and men too, it's not something that really comes up in education unless you're pursuing a financial degree or you're pursuing something and finance, and it just doesn't come up in everyday conversations, or, you know, even back in high school, like we just don't learn enough about that. Even balancing a checkbook, it never oh. comes up. Like, does anybody even use checks anymore? But you know what I mean. But like looking at your bank account. Yes. Yeah, and that that is something um, that's kind of a crusade for me. It's funny that you mentioned that because you're so right. Like the the Venn diagram of my two fields of expertise, right? Education and finance and empowering women through finance. The, the overlap, the middle part of the Venn diagram is just so small, right? Like we're sort of left to our own devices to educate ourselves. And by the time we get around to realizing we need to learn about money, it, you've made a lot of mistakes and some of those mistakes are costly. So um I completely agree with you. I think that, you know, it's it's a huge failure, I think, of our education system. I know actually recently some states, it might have been Florida, it might have been California, I can't recall, that passed legislation requiring, you know, a single personal finance credit before graduation. I think that's still coming into, into full effect soon. But, you know, there's progress and baby steps. But like most of us, when we arrive in adulthood, we don't have any idea what we're doing with our money. No, we don't. <laughs> you know, and for me, it's like, you know, money and your account, your credit cards, your, fi- you know, that's just stuff you put in the side. You know, it's like, that's icky. I don't want to talk about that. That's not fun. Let's talk about going shopping or let's talk about how to spend it rather than looking at it and where it's accumulating. And um, I was, I've been really fortunate. My husband was a CPA or, or an accountant bookkeeper. And so he had a lot of that background and he's always just taken care of that for us. Um, and and I think too, for so many people, it doesn't come up until it's time to sit down and pay the bills, but you never think about tomorrow unless it's something that the organization that you work for is helping you with, where it's a 401k or something. Um, but is there any advice or any tips for anyone that may be in their 30s or 40s that hasn't done as much planning as maybe you have or someone that has done a better job of preparing for the for the financial future? Any one uh, best practice or tip that you think would help someone that's a little bit behind? You know, I have a couple. Um, and... I I would say one of the, well, first I'll just say, if you're really, really struggling with it and you know, it's an area of growth that you want to address, there is no substitute for working with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, Whether that is, you know, working with a financial mindset coach like me, or whether that is working with another professional who who can help you specifically with this one thing. 
Um, I like to make the analogy here of your fireplace going on the fritz, right? Like um, if your fireplace is acting up, you could, you could call a handyman and he, he might know how to fix it. But if it's something that falls outside, just, just a little bit outside of his area of expertise, you just better serve to call the person who knows fireplaces inside and out and they can get it fixed quickly and they can have you move on with your day. So that's my first piece of advice. If you are kind of over your head, reach out to somebody who can help you. Um, and that's, that's kind of, uh, the most straightforward piece of advice. The second piece of advice that I have that I think people don't really think about, but is extremely important is that I always advise my clients to really be courageous and own their financial situation, whether that's debt, whether that's mistakes that you've made in the past, um, you have to forgive yourself for past mistakes. Um, the only way that you can move forward and make positive change is by acknowledging where you are and what got you there. Um, so this is kind of what creates the space for clients dreaming their big dreams, right? Like you have to clear the way uh, by forgiving yourself of your past mistakes. And frankly, a lot of times um, we come by this baggage, this financial baggage, honestly, you know, our parents were not great with money or, you know, we found ourselves in student debt and couldn't get out of it. Or we had to make do during a period of our lives on credit cards. And now we carry that debt. A lot of this is, is, you know, we come through it, you know, in different circumstances in our lives, but in order to move forward, you have to forgive yourself and just make the commitment to yourself to move forward positive and make positive change. So, that's kind of the second thing that's really critical as a foundation if you want to move forward with your getting your you know money mindset worked through right and then one of this is kind of a mindset mindset hack if you will um the the third thing that i would recommend is it's a little piece of mindset work um and uh it's it's i call it the power of yet the word yet um, and this actually comes from Carol Dweck, who is a psychologist at Stanford, um, but she really kind of did the foundational work on mindset. A lot of people have heard of fixed and growth mindset. And um, just to kind of dip into this a little bit for the foundation of understanding where this comes from, um, fixed mindset folks believe that they have a fixed amount of intelligence or capability or talent and any failure is interpreted by people with a fixed mindset as being evidence that they're stupid or untalented or, you know, anything. Um, so as a result, they tend to really shy away from challenge because if they fail at the challenge, it's just further evidence that they're stupid, right? So by contrast, people with a growth mindset uh, really believe that you can get better at whatever you put your mind to, right? So in your intelligence, you can get smarter, you can, you know, develop your skill at something. Um, and so this is, I really try to transition my my clients into a, a kind of approaching a, a growth mindset. Um, so these folks, the people with a growth mindset, really uh, want to grow their intelligence and they use challenge as a way to test themselves and a way to see where they are. Um, so they don't interpret failure as I'm stupid. They interpret it as, oh, I guess I have a little bit more practice to do or a little bit more growing to do. 
Um, and I love this, this idea because it really um, is hopeful, right? Growth mindset is hopeful. Um, so one of the things that can very quickly and easily turn a money-related limiting belief or fixed mindset thought, which is what it, it really is. So for example, I'm not good with money. That's a good, that's a good example of a fixed mindset thought. Um, if you add yet at the end of it, it automatically transforms it into a growth mindset. So I'm not good at money or I'm not good with my money. Add yet, I'm not good with my money yet. Or I don't understand how to invest my money or I don't understand how investing works yet. And so you can instantaneously transform a fixed mindset thought into a growth mindset thought. And what this does is it allows you to reframe your current situation into a more hopeful one. And thoughts precede actions, right? So your actions are going to support what you're thinking. And that's kind of the whole idea behind Refire Mind is really getting the foundation of your thoughts uh, and how you approach money so that your actions can support it. And you can actually make these huge transitions into wealth. Um, and enjoying that wealth. So those are the three kind of things that I would recommend to somebody is talk to a professional, whether that's me or someone else. Um, forgive yourself for your past financial mistakes and try transitioning and using the power of yet to get from fixed mindset to a growth mindset because your actions are going to follow your thoughts. So those are my, my three things of advice um, for, for folks who want a little help. Well, Meg, there was so much gold in everything that you just said. One, give yourself permission or forgive yourself for any past mistakes. Like you mentioned, a, a lot of people carry student debt or credit card debt or whatever kind of debt that you have. Mm -hmm. And just making that switch of your mindset, that from going from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. And I think that is such a simple way to look at it that's easy and it's not overwhelming. And you can do that with so many other categories or yes. topics or anything, yeah. right? Yeah. And, you know, just I'm not good with money yet. But guess what? You know, I'm about to learn. I'm going to consult a professional. I'm going to call Meg and Meg is going to help me <laughs> figure this out because, you know, getting that on track is uh, probably not a lot of people's favorite thing to do when they're thinking about their, you know, their free time or what they're going to do on the weekend. Chances are uh, looking at your investment accounts or uh, your 401k or your savings account may not be at the top of the list of things that you want to do on your time off. I don't know, maybe for some of our listeners, they are and I need to talk to you too. But, <laughs> um, you know, but that's yeah. why we have great people like you that, you know, that can help us with these things. And I think you've given us some really, really good, very specific, and easy actions that you can take. But, you know, certainly, giving yourself forgiveness and, we can't do anything about yesterday, but yet, yes, exactly. Like the power of that and just that one simple shift. Can yeah, make, it's huge. Yes, yeah. it, it makes all the difference. I love that. 
Absolutely. You know, and I think we all tell ourselves stories, right? And it keeps us stuck in a bad situation, whether it's at work and a job that you don't love anymore, whether it's in a location maybe that you're living in, if you're in the country and you want to go to the city or vice versa or whatever it is. And having a fixed mindset keeps us stuck in a lot of situations and, you know, not always about money or our finances, but you know, it, it can be anywhere um, or with, with anything. Yeah. What's really interesting too, when I start to work with women on their money, uh, they, they contact me. They're like, okay, I have debt. I want to just, I want to know what I need to do to get rid of this debt. Okay, great. And so we kind of dive in and then all of a sudden it breaks open their lives and they start to look at all the things that they thought were money related, but actually they're not at all related to the money. The money is the symptom of what's going on. Right. And, and so I think unwrapping a lot of these, you know, stories that we tell ourselves about, like, you know, I'll, I'll give a good example. Um, one of the women that I worked with early on in the program was spending a lot of money on personal, um, sort of cosmetics and beauty treatments and things like that. And no judgment at all on anything anybody wants to buy ever. It is completely your call. And I buy ridiculous things that make me happy. And, you know, that's how it is. Uh, But as we sort of started to dig deeper, she started to realize that she actually really didn't like spending money on this stuff. She felt like she had to because of the story she bought into that she wasn't pretty enough and she needed to buy all these cosmetics and and do all these treatments and things like that because she felt that she was not pretty enough. And that's what it was about. And it was coming out in her money story. So I think what you said about the stories that we tell ourselves is is very true because there are so many layers to to all of all of the things that we do as human beings, but in particular how things come out in our money stories. Yes, because that's, you know, as the old saying goes, you can tell what people value or what's really important to them by looking at their bank account or looking at their checkbook or looking at where they spend their money. And if it's on, you know, fancy cars or designer handbags or shoes or cosmetics as in your, you know, your client's case there, like you said, I mean, it really is a symptom of something else that's going on, whether it's an insecurity or an unhealed trauma from the past, it all comes out in different ways. And sometimes it's through self-sabotage. Sometimes it's, and most of the time it's on the subconscious and you don't even realize it and you don't know what's happening until you have a professional to help you like you and, and get to the root of that so that you're not just covering up the symptom. You're not putting a Band-Aid on it. You're not putting some a temporary fix you're actually getting to the root of it to help heal that because otherwise it's going to happen all over again and they're going to get themselves in that same exact situation again. But what I love about it is you're approaching the whole picture and the total package. That's really where the the important work happens and the long-term sustainability comes in. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, going back to what you mentioned about the cars and the purses and all of that kind of thing, I think as human beings, and especially in our culture, we have a tendency to vilify certain kinds of purchases or assign some kind of a morality to them. And the the truth is that money is just a resource and you can 
have spending patterns that are aligned with the way you want to live your life. Um, you know, whether you want to have a certain legacy, whether you want to build wealth for your children, whether you want to, you know, insert anything here and it can be misaligned, right? So the cars and the purses and all of that can very much be in alignment with who you want to be. Awesome. It can also, as you mentioned, be a symptom for not feeling like you're enough, not feeling like you're keeping up with the Joneses enough, that kind of thing. So it definitely matters the intentionality with which you make a purchase. That's what matters more than the actual thing, right? Um, I am a huge advocate for people, you know, putting their money towards what matters to them. And sometimes what matters to you is that you want to be able to like take off in your convertible for the weekend and go have some fun. And yes. if that's what you want in your life, go for it. You know, some people want other things, you know, so it's totally a matter of what is in alignment with your own personal goals. So I could not have said that better. <laughs> that's amazing. So if I were a client, and I wanted to work with you, what are some of the things that you help them with outside of, you know, kind of getting to, to the root of maybe what could be going on or, or how you could support them in a financial way. But if I wanted to get in touch with you and work with you, what would be some of the things um, that I could expect as a client? Yeah, great question. So um, it really varies. I, I, I hate to say that, but people come to me with pretty set ideas with how, how they want to go about things. So um, I want to, you know, tackle my debt. I want to learn how to budget. I want to, you know, insert financial motivation here. And we absolutely tackle those things. But um, my program is really a four-step program and it looks different for every client, but it follows the same sort of pattern. So the first thing we do in our first full session is we take some time and we un kind of pack your financial origin story. Everybody's got one. Um, you know, maybe your mom and dad were horrible spenders and just spent the family money and you grew up sort of hand to mouth. Maybe you grew up in a very affluent, uh, you know, background and you never had to think about money and therefore you never did. Um, so all of these things sort of create a tapestry of how you view money in your current situation. So we unpack that and then we sort of work together to create a client's ideal life. And this is what I was just talking about. You know, does your ideal life include a house in Bali and like, you know, generational wealth for your kids? Cool. Let's work on that. Uh, does your ideal life include no credit card debt and you can pick up the tab after taking your friends out to brunch? You know, they're all different kinds of people and all different kinds of dreams for their life. So we really focus on that for the first session. The second session, we get kind of down to brass tacks and I set them up with a budget and we work on um, creating a goal for themselves for the program that's based on their ideal life that they did in the first session. The third session, we review their habits and we kind of work on ways to cut out the bad habits and establish new positive habits that will help them achieve their goal that they set in session two. And then in the fourth session, we really get into limiting beliefs and addressing the root causes of why they believe the, the things that they believe about money. And just as sort of a teaser, 
you, one of the things that clients seem to believe a lot and have absorbed over time is that money is evil. And they, they're like, oh, I don't, I don't believe that. And, and as we start to drill down, it's like, ooh, actually, yeah, I kind of do. <laughs> so um, it's, it's really fun. And each of, the, each of my clients has a different story, has a different issue, has a different whatever. So th- these sessions look very different depending on who you are and what you're wanting to work on. But that's kind of the general trajectory of, of what we work on in the Refi Your Mind kind of foundations program. Um, so folks can work with me that way. I also do um, kind of a shorty session of a budget setup. So I will you know, help you set up a budget that works for you and for your family. So that's another service that I offer. Uh, but yeah, I think if people are interested in, in taking a look at their finance, they can go to uh, www.refiyourmind.com. It's R-E-F-I, yourmind.com. And there's a bunch of resources on there. Take a look at the blog, take a look at the webinars that are posted on there, all these free resources for you. Um, I'm all about sharing anything that could be helpful for you, uh, whether you're a paying client or not. So go for it. Go hog wild on everything that's that's up there. If you want to take the next step and work with me, the first step we do is a 30-minute consultation to sort of give me a better idea of what you want to work on. And then we sort of move on from there. Well, that is all fantastic. And I'll, you know, I'll be sure to share in the show notes, the links for your website, and a little bit more about Meg and how you can contact her. But I think what is so great about you, Meg, is that you kind of break all the stereotypical fears that we have both from, it doesn't have to be hard. Forgive yourself for anything that you've done in the past. And I think you're just so relatable. And thank you for sharing your story. Because I think, you know, we have notions sometimes of when you go to see a financial advisor, you picture this very formal process with someone in a suit and tie and calculators and spreadsheets. <laughs> and it, It's so intimidating. And it doesn't sound like fun at all. But with you, it would feel at least to me, like sitting down with your girlfriend to have a glass of coffee or a glass of coffee, <laughs> I mean, a cup of coffee or a glass of wine or whatever you glass want. Of wine. There you a go. glass <laughs> of wine. Let's do that. You know, and let's talk about some, you know, finances and start with, you know, goals and budgets. And let's reframe some of that mindset. So you can look at it differently, but in a very approachable and not intimidating way. Um, and you've given us some really, really great tips and um, that can apply in so many areas, like, like you were saying before about the power of yet, just that one simple three letter word can be a game changer for you in so many yep. different areas of your life. You've given us some really amazing things to to think about and, um, you know, to help us in, in all of our financial situations. So I can't thank you enough for, for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And then is there anything else that you wanted to share with our listeners about anything that you have coming up? Or if not, we can just include everything in the show notes with the link for your website and how to get in touch with you. Yeah. Um, the thing that I have coming up, and I don't know the the schedule of when this will actually be published, um, but I am giving a free webinar. It's a lunchtime series webinar about the most dangerous money myth. 
um, and how it's actually undermining any of your financial progress. And if you happen to miss the live event on April 22nd at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it will be posted on my website after. So you can go and and take a look at the webinar when it gets posted there. So yeah, other than that, uh, just check out my website. It's um, it's got a lot of fun, interesting, thought-provoking things on there. So, oh my gosh, that sounds great. Well, Meg, thank you again for being on today. It's been incredible to have you on the on the show, and I'm sure that all of our listeners have gotten so many great ideas, and they can't wait to to get in touch with you. So, thank you again. And for all of our listeners, thanks for joining today. And as always, may your cup always be filled with great possibilities. 